Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of Fitness Unraveled, the show that motivates, educates and unravels the confusing online health and fitness space. I'm Jess Lockwood, a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach within the online space, hoping to be that fire behind you to encourage you in making a better decision or just a smile knowing that you've got whatever life throws at you today. Happy New Year, guys. A little late, but anyway, I digress. As usual, when we come into a new year, the time naturally comes with a lot of self-reflection, goal setting and mindset adjustments too. There can be pressure for us to be the best version of ourselves, but if we take it all with a pinch of salt, then actually it's a very motivational turnkey moment where we can actually make some meaningful differences in getting closer to the type of person we want to be. I myself have done some reflecting from 2023 and have jumped on the ins and outs trends for 2024. I do actually rate this trend as we're basically looking inwards towards some habits we'd like to solidify and some that we've picked up that aren't conducive to where we want to go that we can identify and get rid of. So these are some examples of my ins and outs of 2024. Mindset switches, what I'm implementing more of and doing less of. I've identified the following things as being important and a priority to my overall overall well-being or things that are energy sappers and are actively taking away from the joy of everyday living. I came to these through journaling and I would always recommend journaling to anyone that has never tried it and just to go that extra five minutes, ten minutes because you never know what kind of things you can unravel. Um, okay, so without further ado, here are my 2024 ins and outs. So ins for 2024. So I've got, I think about seven for each. So the first one here is eating mindfully. Now eating on the go, standing up, rushed in an anxious or distressed state like this is not as healthy as when we eat mindfully. This looks more like sitting down at a table with cutlery and without distraction. So when eating on the go or stood up, we don't digest and absorb the nutrients properly either. So making sure your meals are eaten without screens so that instead of focusing on scrolling through TikTok in front of watching Gossip Girl on a bigger screen, you're focusing fully on the food that you're eating. Being able to fully immerse yourself in the meal will help not only with digestion, but it will help you realise your fullness cues more easily and you'll simply be able to enjoy your food more without being in a state of fight or flight. Slowing down like this can help with emotional overeating. As I said, you're not in a state of fight or flight and there is complete awareness to your actions. If you've ever binged or overeaten, I bet a lot of the time it's stood up by the kitchen cupboards, you're not exactly sat down at a table with cutlery, and likely your hands are in the granola box and you're eating by the fistful. It's this type of anxious state that needs to be avoided. So my first in for 2024 is putting my phone down and screens away when eating at a table with cutlery and being completely present with the food that I'm eating. Two, taking my daily step count seriously. Now, getting your steps in every day is not just the most overlooked aspect of fat loss, but it is extremely important for longevity and your overall health. So if we're going to take them seriously, though, this year, it's not just about getting the number of steps in per se. 
So if you really want to optimize the outcome of your steps, then it's all about the walking speed as well. So with this, if you actually walk with intention at like a fairly brisk pace instead of dawdling, this will have the biggest impact on your health. I've heard really great things about walking pads if you work from home and you want to get those extra steps in without having to leave the house. I feel like that's such a good hack to avoid the freezing cold weather in the UK at the moment. Also, I have a bit of a rule of thumb if I'm in London going from place to place. If it's a 30 minute walk or less, then I will always walk the distance as opposed to getting public transport. Three, making the gym fun. So it's time for the year of making the gym fun and not taking it too seriously. I'm all for making each and every part of my life the most lighthearted and fun as possible. And this includes the gym. So I'm talking about small things like actually smiling at other people, encouraging conversations and making little gym buddies so that it's going to make it all that more bearable. I'm talking things like creating a playlist that makes you feel your best and playing it full blast. I'm talking getting dressed in your nicest gym clothes, doing your hair a little different or just making that extra bit of effort so that you feel extra confident. It's the little things like using your favorite water bottle, tracking your weights to make it a competition with yourself, improving from the last time you did the same exercise by just one rep or one kilogram more than last time. There's no more looking up and worrying about what other people are thinking of you. If you're worried about your form or worried about not lifting quote unquote heavy enough, it's not a thing. There is no such thing as perfection. And even the people that you think are crushing it in the gym are so focused on themselves and improving themselves that they're not looking at you. Four, seeing, this is my favorite one, seeing life as a simulation game. And what does your heaven look like today? This is a kind of mindset shift myself and my friends came up with when we were in Vietnam and I really wanted to share it because we found it literally changed our lives. Um, Okay, so thinking along the same kind of lines of making the fun, uh, of making the gym fun again and not taking it too seriously, try and adapt that to your whole life. Now I'm going to create or like explain in the short version. So, I mean, it goes without saying that many things are serious and have to be taken with a more level head. But the majority of things we worry about or take too seriously is not worth it and zaps the fun out of everyday living. It's like how you would focus on the small things, seeing the joy in the mundane. But taking this one step further, we would see our world as heaven. At the start of each day, we'd discuss with each other what a heaven day looks like. It could be like having our favorite breakfast because that's what you do in heaven. It would be making sure that we get our morning workout in because in heaven, you are your healthiest self. And in heaven, you have endorphins running through your brain, making your day the happiest it can be. Also, it's if something doesn't necessarily go your way, then we would say, In heaven, your path is always taking you in the right direction and each challenge teaches you something to make you the best version of yourself in the long run. Basically, in heaven, you curate your day towards your happiness and you train yourself to see the positive in every situation. So, 
what does your heaven look like today? Five, running. I might potentially be a little late on the running train, but I'm seriously loving the feeling that running is giving me. I want to be a lot more hybrid in my training approach this year as I have a few different fitness goals that require me to be skilled in different ways. With running this year, I really want to make my marathon debut. It's definitely come out of the blue and I really will have to be more careful with injury prevention as well as making sure my nutrition is on top form so that I retain as much muscle as possible and have enough energy as well to maximize the output of my training. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely still love my strength training sessions and don't want to give these up, but we will be looking at how I can incorporate a full marathon running plan over the next six months. Running is cool because it's such a sense of achievement, hitting PBs, and it's just fun to focus on something a little bit newer. And also, I'm not going to lie, major FOMO from all the runners over social media last year. I kind of want to see what all the fuss is about and if I can actually mentally and physically challenge myself to a full marathon. I think this year is the year, so let's go. Six is resting. Being extremely intentional with my time is another huge in for 2024. I want to be disciplined in scheduling my days whereby my working blocks are my working blocks and then anything out of those I should be fully switching off and out of that task. Otherwise, I feel as though I'm never fully switched off. I'm always half in, half out, and then you've always got something you should be doing at the back of your mind. That really isn't a way to live. And with this, I want my work to be working hard, my time off to be truly living, resting and letting go. I have been loving my Kindle, focusing on fiction books so that I can really switch off and zone out into another world. I find that the focus on reading really helps me with overthinking and any anxieties that build up as well. It really does force you to leave your brain and enter something else. Even just 10 minutes has been a game changer. And something else that I want to incorporate is picking a day of the week to completely relax and not to have any plans. Like, for example, even having Sunday as the complete rest and doing your usual Sunday chore things on Saturday so that you can truly relax and limit any Sunday scaries because you literally have nothing to do before you get up for Monday morning. You can fully switch off. Seven is mobility, stretching and recovery for injury prevention and longevity. So after the last couple of years, I have not been prioritizing my mobility and stretching alongside the workouts. Although I personally don't think there's a need to be overdoing this kind of thing. I feel as though there is definitely merit in doing something rather than nothing. From jumping straight into my workouts to leaving the gym floor as soon as my last rep was done, alongside no intentional cool downs and after any kind of running or cardio, my muscles are now extremely tight in my legs to the point I'm getting knee pain and have been dealing with plantar fasciitis, which, if you don't know, is an inflamed tendon at the bottom of your heel, making it painful to bear weight on the foot. So with the increase in activity I'm looking to do with the marathon training alongside my lifting and boxing, 
I seriously need to be intentional with how I'm starting to starting and ending my workouts, even if that's just five minutes at the start and end of the session. Okay, now I'm going into the outs of 2024, things I'm wanting to leave behind, mindsets that I feel are holding me back in one way or another, or just not helping me in being the person that I want to be. Okay, so number one for outs of 2024 is thinking that leaning, sorry, thinking that being leaner will make me happier. I think this is, okay, this is top two of the most important ones, I think. So this is something that I do tend to forget time and time again. I end up falling into the trap of thinking that if I'm thinner than I am now, then I'll be happy, continually striving for something that actually doesn't exist. And what I mean when I say this is think back to the time when you were your leanest, like really look back through photos this time. I bet that either one, you still didn't think that you were lean enough at that time, and two, you weren't happy when you were like this. Now, what I'm trying to say is that being happy in your body is not actually what your body looks like. I mean, it obviously is to an extent, but it is all to do with your mindset and learning to love your body whatever size you are. So if you're in an unhealthy way and you need to lose fat for health reasons, then this is different. However, we're talking a dress size up or down, a difference in a few kilograms here and there. It really shouldn't be determining your happiness. It's such a toxic route to go down, especially as there is never really an end destination. And you could just be in this yo-yo dieting mindset for years without ever getting out of it. Learning to love your body for what it can do, setting goals that aren't necessarily to do with your appearance, I mean, perhaps alongside an aesthetic goal, if that is your thing. All I would say is don't place your whole happiness on a scale weight or being able to see your abs or not, as when you get there, you'll come to realize that this isn't the happiness you were hoping for and set something else that's going to be even more unattainable and make you even more miserable. It's not the actual number on the scale that you want truly. It's the feeling you associate with that number. So we need to work on finding that feeling without the number and that's where you'll find you're happy. Two, starting and ending my day on my phone. Now, this isn't out. I don't know about you, but I genuinely will notice a difference to my whole day when I start my morning scrolling on my phone, and I will notice a difference to my entire night's sleep when I end the day scrolling on my phone and then sleeping straight away. It is honestly one of my worst habits because I know I do it and I find it really hard to stop. Since being by myself and having to adjust with living on my own and even traveling on my own, I have reverted to these actions as a bit of a comfort blanket. I will genuinely feel a little stressed if I'm going to sleep and my phone isn't literally charging right next to me. And I really need to stop this habit for my ultimate happiness as it's getting a little out of control. So starting with not having the phone charging next to me when I'm sleeping and just having it out of reach is going to be the starting point. And this is a year that I nip this habit in the bud starting from now. Okay. So three is comparing myself to other people. 
This is something I always struggle with and I think it's almost impossible with social media these days and you know I think there actually is an element of positivity in terms of comparison but and it can be done in a healthy way like seeing others and being inspired and wanting to better myself is one thing but then having my insecurities and feeling as though these are amplified through scrolling and getting myself in a rabbit hole of comparison and feeling shit about myself. It's really finding the balance between the two. And I think it's being intentional when you are having those times scrolling through TikTok and Instagram, like try not to do it so mindlessly where 25 minutes go by and you have no idea what just happened. Be mindful of the content you're consuming and think about what accounts are making you feel a certain way. So if you feel a pang of negativity or if something triggers you in a way, then make a mental note. One, why did this trigger me? Most of the time it's something I'm insecure about and need to address. And two, seriously consider muting this person or unfollow them entirely. The quote is used time and time again, but it's so relevant comparison is the thief of joy. Four is giving up on goals too easily. Now, I'm really calling myself out on this one. I, okay, I am a sucker for goal hopping, getting halfway through a goal, getting shiny object syndrome, which is ultimately quitting a goal or project halfway through because I see something else that looks exciting or I get kind of bored of something I'm already doing because I don't see results quick enough. And I think that something else will give me better results in a shorter time frame. It's giving patience, sis. Like I seriously need to calm down and not feel like everything is a race. This is something that I've always been like. I'm a self-diagnosed program hopper and goal quitter. And look, it's something I'm not proud of. That's why a lot of times I will not say everything I'm working on on social media because likelihood is low-key, I will not be seeing it through to completion. Anyway, it's something that I'm working on in all areas of my life and I need to not rush things. Focus on taking one day at a time and celebrating the smaller wins because I focus too much on the end result and how long it's going to take me to get there. We are sticking to these goals and making sure we work towards them daily. I'm actually using Grace Beverly's digital planner and it's genuinely so good for my procrastination brain. And I feel as though if I stick to this, then I will be successful. That's the aim anyway. And every little helps. Okay, so number five, I think, is the most important one, which is stressing over things I cannot control. This is another toxic mindset that I'm looking to get out of, which is stressing over the small things. I really do tend to get in my own head a lot of the time when I get stressed. It can really spiral and send me down a hole where I will literally freeze and not get anything done for honestly, maybe even a couple of days until the feeling starts to pass. This doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. And I've heard this multiple times before, but I never really got it. And it didn't really sink in until I had a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago. And they made me realize how absolutely necessary it is to, unnecessary it is to be stressing over things you literally cannot 
change. Now really think about this because I would hear this all the time and it would just go straight over my head because I'd just be like, well, of course I'm stressing over it. I can't help that I stress over these things, but really think about it. So I'm talking about specific things like other people's actions, situations that don't have the power to change an outcome, like things that have happened in the past, things that will happen in the future. So the future is a big one because there's no telling what's going to happen. We think our happiness lies on a certain outcome, but realistically, that is not the case. And there could be an entirely, or there will be an entirely different outcome where we could be a hundred times happier. And we just don't even know that it, it exists because it's not in our peripheral knowledge. It's not within our awareness. Anyway, I know that it's easier said than done, trust me, but when you focus on the things that you can't control, it's just going to lead to anxiety. And when you focus on what you can control, you can make a change, do something about it and move forward with whatever decision you you choose. And I feel like this is the key to happiness. It will need work, but once this mindset is conquered, I believe it's a more peaceful life. Six, not taking time over decision making. Okay, no, those of you that know me know that I can be shit at making decisions. Look, it's something that I'm working on and taking time making decisions is probably the biggest waste of time ever. As the outcome of most decisions you make genuinely are not going to make the biggest difference in your life. It's how you respond to those and if you would make that same decision again or not. And what I've heard recently is called what I'll call the 51% rule. And it's something that I know Obama lives by, lol, so it must be good. But yeah, I have implemented this a lot recently and I must say it saves so much headspace and I'm never worse off by any decision I've made using this method. It's basically that say there is a decision where we could choose outcome A or B and looking at the situation objectively in the snap decision thinking okay which outcome am I 51% leaning towards go with that you'll always find as well there'll always be that 51% outcome in what you're thinking it's actually much easier than you think it's going to be Okay, number seven, so the last one, is snacking after dinner. This is a real personal one as I struggled a lot with overeating during 2023. It's all emotional for me and I went through some challenges that resulted in me looking towards food for comfort, knowing I was doing it but not really being able to stop. And since working on this, I have stopped and I am so grateful I recognized what I was doing and was able to work through it. But with this, I realized that actually snacking after dinner as a whole to my diet and lifestyle really isn't something that I need to be doing. If I'm fueling myself enough throughout the day, then I won't need these evening snacks. Plus, I can find it to be a real slippery slope. Once you start, you can almost never stop sometimes and you can enter your fuck it mode and not stop until you feel sick or really know your limits or that's what I would do anyway so this goes along with the mindful eating I spoke about earlier but yeah ultimately implementing a no snacking after dinner rule makes me fall to sleep better at night and I feel better when I wake up in the morning so that's it those are my ins and outs for 2024 it is the morning 
so you have my morning breath (laughs) not morning breath oh my god that's gross I meant morning voice um anyway moving on maybe you can relate (laughs) to some of these maybe you don't maybe some inspired you maybe I just called myself out a bit too much on those behaviors and bad habits but there we go I'd love to know what you thought of these and what some of your ins and outs are for the year so drop me a message on Instagram if so I'd love to chat Um, thank you so much for listening if you do have any questions or want to know more about working with me one-on-one head to my website link in the show notes or catch me on Instagram at Jessica Lockwood. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow along so that you can be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. I really do appreciate your time and I'll see you next time.